Hello internet and welcome to episode 2 of the Full Fat Gaming Podcast. I'm Am Paxson, I'm one of your regular hosts. Sadly, my usual cohort, Scott Purvis, aka the Full Fat Beard, he has been unable to join me this evening due to work commitments. As a result, I am lucky enough and honoured to say that I am being joined this evening to discuss all things E3 2015 by the geek guru himself, Bobby Pauls. Bobby, say hello. Uh, how you doing? Alan, you've, you've already messed the show up from the beginning because you're setting the preference, you're setting the levels kind of high. This isn't a good thing that you brought me in. Like, you've actually lowered the bar of your show by, by bringing me into the show. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, episode one, which took four times to record, was a very low bar well, to begin true, with. This is true. It's a, it's a mild... Okay, then it's a mild step up, but okay. It's a step up. It's definitely, you know, half a step, a crawl okay. above where we were. I got you, I got you. But, yeah, sadly Scott can't join us, but I do know he's got some opinions that he'll be sharing with us come episode three. Before we kind of dive into things, Bobby, obviously... You, your presence is very well known on the internet. You've got your YouTube channel, your Twitter. You rub shoulders with the video game elite uh, in some instances, uh, better than I do. Um, so before we kind of dive into E3 2015, you know, why don't you kind of share with the listeners a bit about yourself, uh, how you got to know me, okay. and kind of, like, uh, if you want uh, to, you can dive into what your thoughts were kind of E3 this I, year. I like how you pull it back to you. Like, it's, you know, how you met me, and, you know, come on, like... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I no, am the center of your world. I, I, unfortunately, no, absolutely. No, it, um, I started doing, we actually met in the Nintendo Voice Chat group. Um, that was originally, like, we had crossed paths a little bit there. I remember you leaving comments there, and I left some comments there, and so on and so forth. And then it seemed like there was this weird path that a bunch of people were taking at the same time where they all the all the paths crossed at the same time and that was you know I was doing my YouTube channel and there was a couple other guys that we know that were doing podcasts and um, you were doing the video game stuff and trying to get your podcast up and that's where we actually really met what what got me I didn't realize who you were at first I was tweeting stuff on on Twitter and this guy just kept retweeting all my stuff, and I'm like, wow, this guy's kind of cool, you know, there's full fat gaming, I don't know who this guy is, I gotta check him out, and then as it trans, because I knew you as Alan on Facebook, but then I realized, when I realized what the two were, I said, okay, this guy's kind of cool, and then I continued to do my show, or my YouTube stuff, and then next thing I know, like, all these amazing Photoshop started showing up all over the place, and uh, <laughs> so then that kind of pulled us a little bit closer, and then uh, I think I think we fell in love when I sent you a gold Mario. That was that that solidified oh. the deal. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> so hangs proudly on that wall at you. Unfortunately, Amy sent me a hate email and told me that you know I better never come to the UK or I was in trouble and you know no. <laughs> now it was a uh, hey if you can get in. It was um you know so and we've been friends since you know we wound up merging kind of um collaborating so to speak we uh we formed team geek with uh you and scott toby myself my wife tony um karina mark and colin from the warp whistle and i love i love that group i think we just it's good that we can just bounce ideas off of each other and 
it's yeah. it's all been a lot of fun so far. So yeah, everyone's kind of uh, in that group, Team Geek. Yeah, they kind of complement each other, yes. which I yes. like. Um, but yeah, for those listening who have maybe stumbled across this show or have listened to episode one, the premise is simple. Two guys drinking beer. In my case, I'm drinking Brooklyn Lager. Uh, Bobby is drinking... What is it you've got? Root beer. Two, two, two friends will sit drinking beer of some variety and shoot the shit about video games. Um, it's a topic we all love and I love discussing it with people I know. So, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're probably into video games yourself. Well, this year was E3 2015, and, well, it, it, it's it been a mixed bag, I think, Bobby, what would you say? I felt like, um, it wasn't as explosive as years past. There was a lot of good stuff that came out, there was a lot of bad stuff that came out of it. Um, the overall tone was, I felt like it was a decent show. Um, I felt like, I felt like the people that needed to do good did good, and as well as the people that needed to do good did bad. <laughs> One in particular. Uh, oh, yeah. But I feel like, you know, overall, I think it was a good show. I think that there was um, some high points. There was some cool stuff until, like, the cameras dipped. Then it was like, a lot of these companies were coming out and saying, we got this, we got this, we got this. And then all of a sudden, when it actually came out, what they had, and then you realized, well, you don't have it right now. This is, you're talking a long time away. And then the Microsoft with the controller, you know, it was like, oh my God, that thing is so awesome. And then the price tag hit. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't think so. Like it was, there was a lot of that across the board, you know? So I felt like there was highs and then quick lows on a lot of the conferences. The only one that I felt like that really delivered what they promised was Bethesda. I feel like they came out and they were like, we got this, 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 done. Game over. Yeah, the thing I liked about Bethesda, um, they won't be one we're discussing in depth, but I think we can touch on them. I like the fact that they've shown off a game that's clearly pretty much in its final stages mm-hmm. of development, and they've said, check out what we've got, and enjoy it next in, in, in a few months. You know, it be, it's, it's, it's kind of counter to some past E3s, like Watch Dogs, where we've had this four-year lead-in, and then we've ultimately been disappointed. You know, Fallout, I don't think, can disappoint at this nah, stage. It, it looks, looks amazing. But, on that note, we'll dive straight in, and we'll be doing these in order, kind of, of the press conferences as they started. Uh, the games we discuss won't be in any particular order. We may miss bits, because you and I can mm-hmm. talk, you know, for our, our respective countries. Um, so, if we miss something out, we apologise, but we're going to kind of go on the topics. I think we both really kind of are interested in. So obviously, Microsoft kicked off uh, E3 with their press conference, and what a way to kick off a, off E3. They kind of came out of the gate swinging for the for the fences. I think I mixed metaphors there. I don't know if anyone will pick that up. Should have pointed out. Um, but yeah, I mean, before we go into each individual bit, what was your take of the Microsoft conference as a whole? I felt of the big three that Microsoft won. That was my opinion. Um, I know a lot of people, and you can flip-flop Sony and Microsoft. Um, I feel like they were both very close. A lot of people got hyped up for some things that Sony announced, but again, that was stuff that's like way off, like not even going to happen anytime soon. So to me, like, okay, you got hyped up because you found out that they were making something that they promised 10 years ago, but at the end of the day, it's still way off from coming out. So for me... I felt like Microsoft, with when they hit with that backwards compatibility, 
that was that was big. That was mm. you know, and they 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 just seemed to do it right. I don't know. Yeah. There's just a lot of things that intri- I'd be honest with you. I was sitting there and I was watching it with my nephew, and we're watching it, and my nephew's like, "I think I want to get an Xbox One." And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he grew up playing Sony all his life. And he was like, I really think I want to get an Xbox One. And I was like, wow. I'm like, that says something. Like, these guys are impressing me that much. He goes, I'm telling you right now, when we watch the Sony one tonight, if they don't impress me, I'm getting an Xbox One. And I was like, okay. So, yeah. And he wasn't that blown away with the Sony conference. Like, when he watched it, he was just like, okay. You know, so... I don't know. For me, I felt like Microsoft won it, but I know there's a lot of people that felt like Sony won it. It's it's hard to say. I, and I don't feel like either of those won in the big picture. I told you prior, I felt like Bethesda was the top dog of mm-hmm. it all. But in my opinion, I think... I, Sony impressed me, or I mean, Microsoft impressed me a lot. That They came out... It was not a lot of the previous years where they would just come out and like hit you with a bunch of tech talk and promise a bunch of nonsense that nobody was into like they kept the tech talk tech talk down to a minimum and they just hit you with game 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 and i was like wow and they were coming with some hard games so new stuff old stuff i mean they just they really rocked it this year i felt yeah the thing that caught me about the microsoft one and i kind of take the point here is it was the number of exclusives Mm -hmm. that they were throwing it wasn't here's your triple plat ah your multi-platform game it's you know this is coming to us what the word exclusive, you know, it seems to have a much more broad term now, mm-hmm. you know, is it exclusive permanently, is it a time yeah. exclusive They're, they they tiptoe around it a lot yeah. but definitely, like the, the number of exclusives they had kind of caught me off guard really yeah. Um, but yeah, you mentioned backwards compatibility, that seems to be the big news that seems to be the big thing that's come out that now Sony are kind of getting criticised for for their kind of choice of Gaikai well, yeah, I don't think they're going to... Because gonna... Sony has PlayStation now and I could have... Uncharted 2, and I've got to pay Sony for Uncharted 2 to play it again. Where, or I have to hook up my PS3, and it's like with Microsoft, it was basically saying like, hey, if you have this game, it's yours. Just re-download it, put your disc in, download the game, good to go. I think that's, 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 I feel like it should have came sooner if it had to even be more impactful. Because at this point in the game, a lot of people's traded in their old 360 games. Um, Absolutely. With their systems. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's it's a sign of good faith. Like, they realize that, hey, game, it's what gamers want, and we're going to give it to them. So I, mm. I, I tip my hat to them for that. I, I agree. The, the, before we get into the games that Microsoft showed, I will say that the thing that worried me and still does about backwards compatibility... Um, and it kind of came out after, was what titles will be supported and how effective it will be. I dis- I remember <laughs> a standout memory for me with the 360 era was backwards compatibility with the Xbox. And I had he- uh, Half-Life 2, loved that game. And then I obviously well, tried playing it on the Xbox 360 and it had this argument is annoying or amazing quirk that if you died, it threw off the entire game. Uh, I remember doing the buggy run and you kind of the sand line uh, the ant lines and everything and i died and i respawned at the last save point without the buggy i had to do it all on foot and physics went mental if you hit a bucket or a barrel with the, the crowbar this thing would just spin for infinity so you had to reset the game and start from scratch i'm hoping that they'd resolve well, it that it sounds but. to me that it's not like you're putting your disc in the system it sounds to me that it's a download it's a digital download. I believe it's both. Well, I know you it put your both. disc in, but you're putting your disc in 
to show the license. And then mm-hmm. my understanding oh, right. is you download the game, and then you can play the game from your system. Ah, well, okay, that's better. Yeah. Although that does now mean I have to either buy the one terabyte system yeah, or <laughs> a new hard drive. But backwards compatibility definitely seemed to be the, the feature that everyone loved, which is surprising because no one seemed to care that the Wii U is backwards compatible yeah. with the Wii. But we digress. Every system. every system Nintendo's done after the Nintendo 64 has been backwards compatible, and nobody cares. So it's no. like it's not so. like it's a game. You know what? It's it's a seller for those that want to make it a point, and for those that don't care, it is what it is. You know, it's. I think it's one of those crowd pleasing moments, yeah. and then it'll, it, it won't, won't, it won't be anything. Because let's be honest, yeah. who really truly goes? I, listen, my Wii U is backwards compatible. I haven't played a Wii game on that thing since I got it. You know, my Wii U was back, or my Wii was backwards compatible, and I played Animal Crossing once on it and that's it just to see how it worked I was like I just want to see how it works that's it it's not to me it's not a big deal I think it's more of a bigger deal when you have little kids and you look at like the 3DS to the DS and stuff like that like that seems to be bigger so I'm sure that if you have a younger kid it means a lot more but when you have adults typically not adults but young adults will say they're normally trading in all that stuff to buy the new system because they can't afford the new systems so when the system's not backwards compatible, it doesn't matter because they've already traded in all their games anyway. So that's yeah. my opinion. I, I'm a 30 year old man, and I have to trade the games in to buy yeah. new games. Yeah. I've told you about my plan for Splatoon, but <laughs> I wish I had Splatoon. Yeah, you, you need to hurry up because I gotta play Splatoon tonight. There's a new map coming out tonight. <laughs> no problem. Just um, moving on quickly to to keep with your Splatoon schedule. Thank you. We'll start. Microsoft obviously opened the show with a game that I really do want, and that's Halo 5 Guardians. From the video, it looked like a very shiny Halo 4, but a lot more scope, a lot more going on in each scene. I am a huge Halo fan. I have played them all. I did have the Master Chief Collection, but on a 3 megabit broadband system, a day one patch of 20 gig means that I was not installing that, so never got to play it. But for me, uh, my favourite Halo game is ODST, and the fact that Nathan Fillion is back as Buck in Halo 5... There was some excitement going on in the trouser department. <laughs> I won't lie to anyone. It was it was a moment of oh my god, Nathan Fillion's back. Um, but Bobby, are you yourself a, a Halo fan? No, no, oh. I never. I've never played Halo once. I've never uh, listen. I'm not a Microsoft fan. I'm not gonna. You know that's why I think for me to say that Microsoft won means something because yeah. I don't like Microsoft. I've never liked Microsoft. I've never owned the system. My friends have owned them. I've gone over. I've played the systems, and I'm just like, eh, I'll stick with my Sony. I'll stick with my, with my Nintendo. But that said, I really started to take a hard look at them at this E3. Like, there was a lot of stuff they came with that I was just like, wow. I was impressed. So, Halo looked amazing. It, to me, it looked really good. And I kind of liked the idea that Master Chief might be this villain, and they're trying to track him down, and what's really going on, and I, there was a lot of mystery to it. So, when I watched it, I was like, it kind of intrigued me. So, I'm not going to lie. Like, it, Halo looked good. Halo looked yeah. good. Certainly, it it seems to be taking the Halo, you know, model and just going bigger. Um, set pieces look far, far more grand. Still seems story-driven, which was something I did enjoy about Halo 4, dis- despite its flaws. Uh, Nathan Fillion uh, is back. That's that's enough to sell me. The thing that caught me at the end, and I tweeted this out, I was live-tweeting that and the, the Nintendo conference, the, the villain at the end, I got this Michael Bay's Transformers vibe from him. <laughs> 
Um, but that was just me. But yeah, certainly Halo 5 really, really impressing me. But they followed that up with a bit of a surprise, and that was the now, again, exclusive, in air quotes, ReCore. That looked yeah. good. That looked good. That, that yeah, that got my attention big time. When I saw that, I was like, that is cool. Yeah, it was a pre-rendered, oh, well, we assume, well, possibly it was in-game, but I don't think it stated, so yeah, we'll say pre-rendered for the time being, yeah. uh, video. You had a robot dog, which was the cutest thing that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the the mechanic seems to be taking these cores, ReCore, mm-hmm. yeah. and using them for powering up other or other put, creatures. It seemed like it brought life to, it, it felt, to me, it was like, okay, you have these animatronic robots, per se, but this core piece, this orb, was what was their life that was their spirit per se that's the way i took it because when she when the dog blew itself up to save her she took the core she put it in that giant robot and it still had the memories and stuff of the dog so yeah that's the, what i took from it. i i like it i like the game a lot it looks good it, 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 i mean and it's got good pedigree obviously um no oh god yeah. kenji and afune and yeah. obviously is it Armature, armature studios yeah they're they're working on it, obviously former retro, mm-hmm. um, and it has a lot of character, which is something that's lacking in some games now. And I really, for me, it's it's the taste of what that game promises, and it's like can they, uh, you kind of trust with the pedigree they're going to take it to yeah. where you expect. I did get a big vibe again coming back to Half Life Two when you put the orb in the big robot. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought dog from Half Life Two, mm-hmm. and how they'll put, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah, but definitely Recore. Out of left field, and I think surprised everyone. I'm going to jump onto one point. I'm going to overlook one other because you you mentioned it earlier, but Fallout Four, mm-hmm. that game, that's something else. Yeah, I know. I know we're not really getting into Bethesda, but dude, they blew me away. They come out with Doom, and I'm not a fan of Doom at all, and that just blew me away. That that trailer, that gameplay is amazing, and then Fallout Four is just Dude, it is just mind-numbing to think that, like, when they first announced that they were going to come out with a conference, I was just like, what a waste of time. And they really killed it, man. And, yeah, they just impressed me big time. Yeah. Um, I think also the big one was the announcement of mods being playable on Mm -hmm. the console version. I remember... You know, there's always been why can't mods be transferred? Because obviously they always bigged up Microsoft. Our consoles are close to PC, but they're yeah. different. I think there's always a fear on Microsoft's end that we don't want to be associated too much with the PC. They really nice to be. It seems like they're starting to move away from that, though. It seems yeah, like they're starting to go. Time. They're starting to make like, you know what it is? It's like Sony has the Vita, PS4, Nintendo has the 3DS. It's almost like Microsoft is embracing the PC as their second console, yeah. per se, or their additional piece. Because a lot of this stuff, it just felt like everything was merging together. And especially with them partnering with Oculus, it just seems like now, more than ever, they're embracing their computer background, per yeah, se. Yeah, they're certainly kind of merging things out with the DirectX 10 and Oculus. I think yes. I think Oculus was a genius idea. You know, mm-hmm. they've, they've avoided kind of the R&D costs, mm-hmm. but it's can they effectively because I, I was surprised it didn't feature too heavily with xbox one but it will be good to see if that kind of comes forward in the future <laughs> yeah. but definitely fallout 4 i think that's a big game for and they, i know it's for did, scott now they did say that with fallout 4 that they're working on modding to the ps4 edition that's as well. true yeah but it, they haven't they're not anywhere near it right now so yeah. they're saying that it, it may come like six months eight months but right now they're working on the Microsoft side of it happening. Yes. Certainly until I hear a committed it's coming, 
I'll assume it isn't. And I think that's a safe bet nowadays with with how things go. I think another big one that surprised me more than anything else was the the indies presence with Microsoft. I think there's for Sony there's been a lot of negative backlash um with the number of indie titles that they've kind of prolific prolificated and have had. They, you know, it's been called the indie station and it, yeah. it was quite refreshing and I think it shows the importance of indies that Microsoft were having such a huge push for them. I mean, two that I've written down here because they are two that I'm going to invest in straight away. You've got Cuphead, which looks like the most amazing looking platformer, but Tacoma, which just caught my eye from the, the the developers have gone home. Oh Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The little taste of everything, not giving anything away, but it just made me think I can play that. And it does seem to be something that kind of will be echoed in PlayStation, the PlayStation discussion we have. These kind of first-person experiences versus shooters seem yes. to be coming the new in thing. Yes. And it's, again, it's this kind of refreshing sweep where we have Doom, which is going back to your old-school sensibility, mm-hmm. and you've now got, you know, Tacoma, Gone Home, Firewatch, which we'll discuss later. All these ones saying, you can have that experience, but it's a bit more narrative-driven. Yes. And I love that idea. $150 Pro Controller. No thanks. Bobby, go. <laughs> no, never. I would never do it. I Listen, if it's me, my answer is real simple. I will just take the controller I have now, order some parts from Japan, mod my mod my controller I already have. You could put light you know, sticks on there. You can do all kinds of stuff with the stuff you can get from Japan. I'm not spending $150 on a controller. Never going to happen. You know, I think yeah. that what they did was this. They took their original price of the Xbox One, they pulled out the Kinect, took 100 bucks off it. Oh, we'll take another 50 bucks off it. Now we're going to give you a $150 controller and just back back up to $500. Nah, I'll pay us. No. Not gonna it, definitely for the hardcore. Mm-hmm. Your eSports players. Yeah, um, yeah, I was, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I would buy this. And I'm yeah. thinking, how much is this going to be? And then, obviously, after the event, yes. they leaked the price. And that's when you kind of... Listen, that, and that's what... And that's what I was getting at earlier, was a lot of these conferences, they were saying, like, we got this, we got this. And then when the conference was over and they announced the release dates or the price of things, the tone changed. If they would have said in that conference, they would have showed that controller and you heard everybody screaming and stuff. And then, oh, it's a $150 price tag. It would, you would have heard crickets. People would have been like, what? Yeah. You would have heard groans in the crowd. They're not dumb. They didn't do that on purpose, but they knew that's just too much. I don't know. Yeah. I, for me, there's it's a lot of Amiibo. It's a lot of Amiibo. <laughs> let's not talk about them. Yeah, They're depressing. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> we'll get to them. Oh, I don't want to go right to that one. I'm looking at one. I want to discuss that longer. So I'm going to mention Rise of the Tomb Raider. Or, as some have called it, the gritty reboots to Ice Climbers that we've all never asked yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. It looked good. I mean... I don't know. It, it's it seems like it's more of the the same, you know, out of out of uh, Tomb Raider. Um, I mean, which is a phenomenal game. It's you know won some awards last year and, and people raved about it. So um, or last year, year before, right? I think it was. It did get a re-release, so they kind that's of brought right, it back. Right. I think it was twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. It kind of came out. That's why I'm thinking. I'm thinking they re-released it last year with yeah. PS4 and Xbox One. But, but you know. Again, it looked good. I think the thing for them is the big coup, that they stole that from Sony. And that's yeah. the huge thing. But again, there's this 
dancing around the wording of the exclusivity deal. It still doesn't feel like it's a firm, no, it's just I us. I think, I don't care, I listen, there's a lot of Sony fanboys out there that want it to be for the mm. PS4. I don't think it's coming. I think the reason why they're not saying, like, exclusive is because it's going to be on PC. Yeah. And that's why. And I don't see that coming to PlayStation at all. At yeah. all. Or it may come, but it might have variations to it. I'm going to go to a point. Uh, this is a developer. You and I, if you haven't, again, listeners, if you don't know us expressly, Bobby and I are very much Nintendo-focused. Mm-hmm. And obviously, in the dark days of the GameCube, Rare <laughs> moved to Microsoft. Yes. Um, and it was a relationship... I know that when they they were bought out, I was kind of gutted as a kid. I was a yeah, bit like... I was upset. Uh, I was upset I, because, I could... in my mind, that was like... They made Donkey Kong Country. They made GoldenEye. They made Perfect Dark. They made Killer Instinct. Like, they didn't make them. They were Nintendo collaborations. You know, Banjo-Kazooie. These were all collaborations with Nintendo. And it's it's similar to, like, Retro or Level 5 or, yeah. one, you know, Monolith. It's the same theory, you know, as that. It's, But the deal was about to get made. Nintendo offered, let's just say hypothetically, Nintendo offered them $25 million to buy them out, and Microsoft came in the last minute and offered $100 million to buy them out. And gone. But the hearing years later, in interviews from Phil Spencer, the reason why they did that, they thought that Rare owned Donkey Kong. They were going after. I did the not Don- know that. Yes, they were going after the Donkey Kong IP. Nothing. They knew nothing about Rare. They didn't know who they were. They were going after Donkey Kong. So it explains a lot. It explains yeah. why they misused Rare since they got them. You know, and they misused their IPs that they had. At the end of the day, I think that this deal that they're doing now is huge. Thirty games yeah. for thirty bucks. That's massive. Yeah. That's the rare replay, which mm-hmm. um, it's, it's 30, 30 games for $30. Uh, that will probably translate in the UK to 30 games for £55. Because, you know, for some reason we pay more. I mean, for me, the, the, the closing of why that is worth it, Blast Core and Jet Force Gemini, not including Banjo-Kazooie, yeah. Banjo-Tooie, Perfect yeah. Dark, all these games are worth Conquer, it. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of... But I feel that that announcement was tempered a little bit by the announcement of the Sea of Thieves. You know, you have all these classic rare games and you have yeah. Sea of Thieves just, it doesn't feel like it comes from that same developer. It's almost like we will celebrate our history, mm-hmm. here's what we're doing now, and it feels so far removed from yeah. what has been that I just felt I nothing that. towards I, that. I get the developers want to try to like stretch their legs a little bit and do stuff, but for me, and this is just me speaking, I feel like after you were flat for the past, what, five, six years, seven years, eight years, ten years, whatever, how long, when's the last time they did anything meaningful that you were like, that's rare? When you think rare, you think Nintendo. Like, that's what it hangs you, that's what you hang your hat on. They have not made a great game since they left Nintendo. And that's the truth, and I don't care what anybody says, that's the truth. They have not made a single great game that you went, oh my god, rare is awesome, since they left Nintendo. So, knowing that, you would think that, like, hey, why don't we grab one of these franchises, get ourselves back going again, like, get people excited. I, I watched that trailer, there was a lot of people that were all hyped about it, I wasn't excited about it at all. No. I was just like, okay, you know. It's... Yeah, like, as I say, it just felt, when I saw that, um, it, it was one of those, it spoke to my childhood, 
mm-hmm. and then it just didn't speak to me as a purchaser now. Yeah. That would go in and buy a rare game, yeah. which is sad because I do love rare, yeah. but the rare we have now is not the rare that we had when I was, you know, playing Star Fox Adventures, which yes. to me was rare's last really memorable yeah. game. Now, the 30 for 30? Absolutely. That's a great deal. That's a Ooh, great uh, There's so many people that are going to buy that. That's huge. The new game, I don't I think it's going to flop. That's my opinion. I just don't think it's going to do anything. Certainly when I hear the, the rumors of the games that they pitched that Microsoft said we're not going to do. Yeah. When I look at what is like we're doing a pirate game and I look back at those pitched games and I think you had two or three better ideas that you said weren't worth it, but this yeah. is the game that you think's good, an online pirate game. Yeah. I mean that just doesn't speak to me. Yeah. And I don't think it speaks to a lot of the folk that buy the Xbox One. It's it's not pitched. That game felt like a Nintendo game yep. that wasn't developed by Nintendo. Yeah. And it's not a market that I think Microsoft care to. We will see. I'd like to be proven wrong because I do want to see Rare do more games and I have a feeling that if this game doesn't succeed we may not see any more original IP. We may just see rehashes of old games from I think, them. Like, I think that if it doesn't, I don't know. I, I think they're in trouble. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly the the Connect team, you know, that's what they were. Yeah. The Avatar guys. Yeah. A sad use of their time. We'll move on. I'm going to go with one that actually I'm going to mix it low points now. I think we've we've kind of covered all the big high points for Microsoft. But the first low point for me in terms of games was actually Gears 4. I don't know about you. I loved Gears 1, 2, 3. Obviously, obviously you're not an Xbox man. Those games yeah. were pretty good. Mm-hmm. Gears 4, it's not been in development for a while, so I can understand this. But when I watched it, I thought, this is really pretty, but this is just a vertical slice. Yeah. This doesn't tell me anything about the game, the gameplay, the story. It just gives me that they're maybe going for a more horror vibe than the yeah, action film vibe. Yeah, that's, a, that's the vibe I got when I watched it. I was just like, eh, it didn't do anything for me. I, it yeah. didn't give me, like I like you said, it, it's pretty, but everything on these consoles are pre- is pretty anymore. So yeah. it really didn't do anything for me. Like I, It didn't like make me go, oh my god, I gotta get this. You know? Exactly. And what caught my eyes when I was looking at screenshots that obviously doing the Gears of War... Um, remaster i actually looked at the new the new engine or the, the reworked engine looks really really good and then when you can put it next to what we saw the the difference isn't huge it's not striking it's not kind of going from you know n64 to to playstation 2 and, and up it's just like oh look it's got more foliage cool let's yeah, move on yeah i'd like to be proven wrong as i say vertical slices there are for me since colonial marines mm-hmm. I don't trust that kind of thing. So I'll wait and see. The big, big low point of that entire conference, because it was so good up until this point, was the EA kind of intersection about, hey, you can buy our stuff. That was strange. That was was strange. Like, to me, okay, who approves that? Who says, okay, now, granted, it's because it's an exclusive thing that's only with Microsoft that Sony turned it down, but who would approve that? Like... I just watched that and I was like, "Man, you don't show a game. You don't. Yeah. You don't show Madden. You don't show FIFA. Nothing. Like yeah. that was it. That's what you came with. Like buy our program. Like yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, I just. I mean, the biggest thing is like you can now get Titanfall. I'm yeah, like, I had Titanfall. Yeah, that game ain't worth <laughs> worth purchasing. Your people had it and they weren't happy with it. So um, it just felt out of place. I mean, obviously they couldn't show Star Wars. There's obviously the Sony side of things. They had yeah. their own press conference. But everything else, Garden War, Plants vs. Zombies, yeah, okay. It was great on my mobile phone. Yeah. Do I really want to play an FPS on my compu- my console? Yeah. Yeah. It's not for me. Again, I think it's for a market that aren't really 
for me aren't really there. Yeah. The other big letdown was <laughs> the game that just won't go away, Fable Legends. Yeah, that didn't, yeah, didn't know anything for me. Another game that just does nothing for me as a as a consumer. Yeah. I don't the want one, to dwell on these. The one but. thing, and you're probably going to hit on it in the next couple, but the HoloLens... Dude, I geeked out when I saw that. I was just like, holy cow. When they showed this world come to life on a table, and the guy's walking around a table, and he's touching things, and it's doing this, and I was just like, wow. That's yeah. a whole other level, man. That just blew me away. Because I'm not a huge Minecraft fan at all, so when I saw it, I was like, oh, here comes more Minecraft stuff. But when they put that HoloLens on, I was just like, Wow. You just hit yeah. a home run. Like, I was just like, that is cool. The thing that caught me about HoloLens, and yeah, it's, it's, the technology is cool. I mean, obviously there's been some kind of, re- I, since then, the kind of field of view may <laughs> not be what we were shown, which yeah. is fair enough, tech's yeah. limited, but it seems odd that they're pushing that and at the same time they have a hand in Oculus. Well, I feel like they're two different things, ultimately. Like, I don't really know all the tech behind the HoloLens. I, and it seems like the HoloLens... To me, is it takes something... You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the AR cards with our 3DSs. I don't know if you ever get yeah. it. Yeah. Like, you yeah. put something there, and it comes to life on the 3DS. That's what a HoloLens is to me. When I watch that's, that... That's video. a good analogy, actually. Very good. So, and then... And, and then Oculus You're hoping VR. you support it better. Well, yeah, yeah, Oculus is definitely my... That would be where yeah. my money would go. My yeah. issue, kind of, with these techs is, will it be supported? And I'm going to mention that later, because it's... If you listen to the episode before this, I made a prediction and I'm sorely disappointed. But the thing that caught me about HoloLens and it, is that it seemed to be better presented after the show. Hmm. There was the Halo intro. I think they maybe missed a trick by not combining the Halo side of things yeah, and maybe yeah. showing that off. But certainly the uh, the Minecraft thing, it's good to see that they're still we, they're kind of acknowledging that's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. It'll be nice to it'll be interesting to see where Microsoft go with that, particularly kind of. What can they do with Minecraft now? I think it's like, how can we adapt what's already there? Well, what HoloLens done, is a great example. What they've done is basically, as they've said, Minecraft 2 will be exclusive to Microsoft now. And Ugh. we may support Minecraft 1, but it'll stop at a certain point. But here's Minecraft 2. And that's their, that'll be their out. That'll be their way to say, like, hey, we can't give it... You know, Sony doesn't have the technology. The computers don't have the technology. The only one that has tech is us. This is why it's exclusive to us. That's my gut. If they were smart, they would keep to continue to go all out in all the other consoles, but I don't see that they will. Yeah. I'm going to take... I've got... Bobby's seen my, my sheet. It's a big, long one. I think it blew him away a little bit. Without concentrating on other things like new UI, which is a great thing. If you've not used the Xbox One, trust me, the, the UI is horrible. Mm-hmm. The thing that got me, and it comes back to why you're right, that Microsoft won this show, it's not what they had but it's what they ha- didn't have and still had such a strong showing. Quantum Break, Crackdown, Scalebound. These were three of the bigger titles from last year. In terms of Quantum Break, it's been the last two years. Not anywhere to be seen. And yet they still had all these games. And again, that's three exclusives. Yeah. You know, Sony must be envious of being able to look at Microsoft and go, we don't even have that much. And Microsoft, when I look at it now, because we're going to do at the end, we'll have our discussion about who won, but you kind of look at it now and, Microsoft did have a stronger hand to play hmm. with, and to the point that they were going, well, we can cut these big three because we've got enough to say yeah. this is why our platform's the better. But certainly, I mean, if you had to grade the Microsoft pre- uh, press conference, we'll do it on the A, B, C, D mm-hmm. scale. Mm-hmm. You know, where would you put their conference? I'd give them a B. I'd give them a B. 
solid, you know, yeah. definitely B, B plus, but definitely, I would definitely give him a B. Yeah, I would go in the B plus category as well. I think there were bits. I think if they'd had Quantum Break Crackdown, it would have been that extra push, yeah. and that would have been would have yeah. been it. But yeah, li- uh, listeners, if you want to tweet myself, it's at Full Fat Gaming. You can tweet Bobby at the Geek Gurus. Let us know your opinion about E three, the Microsoft press conferences. But we'll move on um, to Sony now. Their press conference was same day as Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit later on in the day, to the point that I was at work at 3am when it was going on. But they had to follow, as we've just pointed out, a really difficult press conference. And amazingly, in my opinion, they actually managed to, in some ways, pip them to, you know, again, it's this kind of the gamer, the gamer, they spoke to the gamer a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bobby, I'm trying not to take over. What was your opinion <laughs> of the Sony show? I'm, I, I'm trying to keep my opinions tempered, but um, what did you think of Sony? I felt like kind of like I touched on a little bit in the beginning was I felt like, okay, Sony, you come out and you say, hey, we have The Last Guardian. Hey, we have Final Fantasy Remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hey, we got Shenmue, Shenmue 3. But at the end of the day, none of those games are anywhere near getting made. They're, Last Guardian, they didn't even put a release date, correct? Uh, they've It's been tentatively put as 2016, but I don't think they've specified kind of what spring, so, summer... that's a year off. Yeah. But... The Final Fantasy one, you didn't find out until the Square conference that they just started making that game. Yeah. So if they just started making that, that's a two, three year game. I would say two year game, easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not coming out next year. I, I know it's a remake, but the way they're talking about, they're revamping the entire thing. I just don't see it being, you know, unless they basically yeah. take one of the other remakes and just touch it up a little bit and then work on the cutscenes. But I see that being a two year game. Before we get well, it. there's definitely a point I want to touch on about Final Fantasy VII when mm-hmm. we go into it because I was confused, yeah. um, and we'll get into it. But you're right; these games are a long way out, and and I think Sony's biggest problem is the opposite of what Nintendo did. Is it's like what their 2015 offering was felt very thin on the ground, Absolutely. but their 2016 offerings feel. How am I going to work all this into? Yeah, let's be let's be honest here. That was the same thing last year. Their 2014 stuffs felt weak, but oh, we got a lot of games coming in 2015, and then everything got delayed. Again. Everything got pushed back, and now they're coming out and they're saying, hey, we got all this stuff, nothing really for 2015, everything's 2016, so it's like, wow, like really? Like, where where's the games? Exactly. I, I you know, and I'm buying, a, I'm, I have a PS4 coming next week. You have the best PS4 coming next week, Bobby. Let's not let's not dance around it. Okay. You've got the best PS4 coming. I have next a week. very nice PS4 coming next week, yes. um, but that's what I held out for. You know, I held out for that console and I did, for Batman. For those that can't, you know, don't know what we're talking about, um, it was basically for Batman. That's what held me out from buying the console because all along it wasn't like there was anything that was there. It was like I got to get this system. I got to get this system. And even now, like I'm like. Okay, I got Batman. I bought The Last of Us Remastered. I'll probably get Tomb Raider Remastered. I'll get Grand Theft Auto Remastered. Oh, such a good one. But it's like, what's really there to... What's new, you know? Like, I'll get the Uncharted Collection. Because I've never... I, you know, I've never played an Uncharted game. It wasn't until I played Last of Us that I was like, wow, I gotta really check out Uncharted. Yeah. Um, I might check out Infamous. 
But there's not a whole lot still to me. Like, Witcher 3 really doesn't do anything for me. You know, I know a lot of people love it and stuff, and I think it's it looks good, but I'm just not one of those guys that are into, like, hunting and fighting monsters and stuff like that, or that nature, or going out and trying to kill off witches and stuff. And same thing with Bloodborne. Like, that's not my type of game. Like, I won't play that type of game. I do like the third-person games. I like the action-adventure games, but there was really nothing at this Sony conference that was just, like that blew my socks off, you know, like, they had some good things, but I don't think, you know, like, I don't, what I don't get is, like, you're so tied with Square, why they don't have more of Square stuff, like, why didn't they have Final Fantasy XV there, and I know Square basically said, like, we're not bringing it, but, like, put a little pressure on them, be like, hey, we want to, we want to showcase this, you're going to show a game, that's what blows me away with these companies, you won't show Final Fantasy XV because it's so far off from development. But you'll show Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's like nowhere... Like, what are you... Who do you think you're talking to? Like, yeah, little kids that don't know? Like, come on. I think Square Enix are a little bit detached, but... Yeah, if we, what, what, Because if we go into the Square Enix conversation, it's like going into Bethesda, we'll be here all night yeah. alone. Yeah. But, obviously, Sony started the press conference with the, the mythical, at that stage, Last Guardian. And I think a point that was brought really well by uh, Greg Miller of Kind of Funny Games was... That game's been so long in development. I was expecting something markedly different mm-hmm. from what we saw. I was expecting maybe a new art style, uh, yeah. a new setting, just a new... I wasn't really expecting to see anything that was that game. Yes. And what we seemed to get was the yeah. PS3 game yeah. in 1080p, yeah. hopefully 60 frames a second yeah. with better textures. Yeah. I'm still, after seeing it, it's it's rewarmed me to wanting to buy it, but it did feel, you know, it was kind of like, well, this is the game you showed off was it like 10 years ago? Yeah. Nearly a decade ago? Yeah. You know, in that space of time, is that we've had three Uncharted games, four if you count Golden Abyss. Here's my thing. You've had this game in the chamber for 10 years. You did nothing to it. You up it a little bit. How are you not coming out and saying this is coming out this holiday? Exactly. And again, another 2016 title. Yeah. It's a 2016 title I want, and I'm hoping it's early 2016. Yeah, you would hope so. That's, that's but, where a lot of that stuff that, like, when people were like, oh my god, we got... And I'm like... Why are you hyped about it? It's yeah. not like... Like, I could see if they came out with a brand... Like you said, a brand new art style that was like, this is what we've been doing for the last 10 years. We've revamped the entire game. But when you bring out something that was basically there 10 years ago, up it, made a few tweaks to it, and then we're like, here it is, and it's not ready yet? Like, yeah, that just boggles my mind. I did love what I saw. I, I want a giant bird dog creature. I, if there's like a real life in-gen company out there, can you make that happen? Because I want a giant bird creature. But yeah, it just felt like, at the same time as I was really hyped, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I was like, grin from ear to ear. But then it hit me afterwards, it's like, this game's been 10 years in development, and it looks like the game you showed me 10 years ago, yes. but better textures. Yeah. I'm cool with that, mm-hmm. but gameplay-wise, I don't want it to feel like a 10-year-old game. Yes. And I'm worried that I'm going to get this game, and it's going to feel like I'm playing a 10-year-old game. Maybe I maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. Um, another big one, and again, this one came out of nowhere. Except for the, the 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 creator of the game actually tweeted out earlier this kind of cryptic forklift truck image, which was a big giveaway. But Shenmue Three's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's on Kickstarter, and then we were clarified that Sony are actually funding the game, mm-hmm. which left me a little bit confused slash annoyed. That why is this game on Kickstarter then? Yeah. It feels like, are we doing pre-orders now, but we're cutting out GameStop game in no, the UK no. completely? But it was, it's... To see, this, this, this whole thing rubbed me the wrong way. 
from the minute it happened because the messaging. And I said this in a couple of groups and people attacked me for it, and that's fine. I could care less. But my feeling was this. Sony prances out this developer. They start talking about all this stuff, and then they're like, we support this, and this is huge, and you all should support this, and we're going to kick off the Kickstarter now. If you support them, why are you not funding the game? Why are you asking the fans to fund the game? Then, once they hit their goal, the $2 million, um, now all of a sudden it comes out that now Sony is actually funding the game. To me, what it was, was we don't think that your game's going to sell. It's the same philosophy that we're dealing with all the time. It's why Ukulele has a place. It's why Mighty Number no. 9 has a place. You know, it's because these idiot developers are sitting there saying, you don't know what the fans want. We know what they want. And they don't want this game. They want this garbage rehash, Little Big Planet 3. They don't want that game that you're telling us. So we're not going to make it. But if you kickstart it and it gets to a certain amount of money, then we'll back you. So it's like, enough. Like, yeah. listen to your fans. If your fans are screaming and clamoring for something, make it. Stop with the games. Stop the nonsense. Stop acting like you know better than anybody else. It's like Hollywood. All they do is make movies over and over and over and over and rehash all these movies that are 20 years old. You don't know what your public wants. You don't know what your fans want. Stop slapping garbage, you know, yeah. putting putting a, a name that people know on garbage and thinking this is what they want. And it's not. It's, you know, we're looking for the Banjo-Kazooies and the Mega Mans again and the, the Castlevanias again. And that's what we want, you know, so... When a game that you knew people, like, why didn't that game sell? That game didn't sell because it was on a dying system. It, it was also very, mechanically, it was a very weird game. Yeah. I've spe been speaking to Scott, my, my, my brother, and that mm -hmm. about it. Mechanically, that game was weird. The whole, you have to go home at a certain time, and it just, it yeah. made the game feel limited. I, I want, if they do this game, I don't want to have to be in bed at a certain time. Yeah. I want to be able to just do what I want in this world and yeah. follow your story. But what really got me, and it comes back, like you say, yeah, we want this game. Sony say they're funding it. Kickstarter is just a way of gauging, you know, public response. The fact that it hit 2 million as quickly as it did Quick. proves the public want this. Yes. What got me was they then said, but now we're going to add stretch goals. Right. You know the public want this game. You shouldn't have to add stretch goals to get more money from the public. Yeah. If you've got these ideas and you know the public want your base game, Sony should be funding you to just add yes. these bits and pieces. It's, it seems very disingenuous it's, it's to weird. the, the yeah. consumer. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. I'm not going to get tied it's, up on it because I may well, make a show about that myself. You know, what, you know what it is? You know what I feel like it is? I feel like it's... If Sony came out and said, we want to kickstart this game, nobody would back it. They'd be so pissed that Sony has the balls big enough to ask the public to back something that they wouldn't fund it. So what do we do? We act like here's this down-and-out guy that needs our help, and we're bringing him on our stage to give him a hand, and let's go and go with it. And then next thing you know... It gets funded, and now you want to do stretch goals? At that point, you should be like, hey, what they should do is say, these are the stretch goals we're going to do, but you know what? We're backing it, so we're going to put all this in the game. It's just, it's garbage. I just think It did feel weird. It seems to be, I think, for me, maybe what could be classed as the final stage of Kickstarter. Yeah. It's, it's publishers putting developers out there and yeah. saying, you know, let's see what folk want. I, I just, it rubs me up the, the wrong way a little bit. Um... I'm going to move on to Final Fantasy VII. It's, it's been announced that they are remaking this game. 
And this is where I get confused, because they announced that they were doing Final Fantasy VII last year, but everyone got annoyed because it was a PC HD remake. It was the HD PC game, which was, yeah, everyone said it was crap. So what I'm, I'm confused by, and Bobby, please clarify if you know, is that game dead, and this is replacing it, it or is this me, the game all no, along? It, no, no, no. It sounds to me that they listened to what the public outcry was. I think when... They announced it last year, and the public turned on it. I think they realized, okay, let's do something a little special. Let's make it worthwhile for these people. Now, granted, what are they really doing? Like, we saw this crazy-looking CGI where you saw the back of Cloud, but at first, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was watching, and I'm like, what is this? And then, all of a sudden, you don't realize until you see Cloud's sword. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, my God. Then you see the back of his head, and it's like, oh, wow. That's when, all of a sudden, it was like, okay, this is kind of cool. If that's what they're doing, that style of game, like all the cutscenes look like that, but it's just a more of an up looking... It depends on what they're doing, ultimately. Yeah. I, I, think think I think they're basically going to redo a lot of it, but I don't know. It's yeah. hard to tell. This is when I'm this kind of weird not knowing. It's yeah. like you've announced one version and it seems to be you've either, shwi- as you say, shifted it to a new one mm-hmm. or, or is it just a mix of the two? And it really... I sat there going, I don't know what I'm looking at here. Yeah. Is this what you were showing before or not. And that's why um, I didn't get as hyped up for that as, as I would have and I should have, was because it was like, well, didn't you just announce this last year? Like, yeah. why, why is everybody getting like all up and like, this is the greatest thing ever? I want to say... another weird square decision. If they, it, if they redo it from the ground up and really do it good, then I'm all for it. And I'll actually buy it and I'll actually play it. Because I did like Final Fantasy Seven, So we'll see. Yeah. I think we, we, we can gloss over that because I think we've made the point there. For me, the big... <laughs> The big one has to be Horizon Zero Dawn for Sony. That's definitely the game that just blew me. Uh, uh, sorry, it didn't just blow me. It blew my mind. Um, this game looks amazing visually. The concept's interesting. And it's the things I heard afterwards, you know, this idea of this whole open world, no loading times. You can tackle your missions very much. I got a vibe... Um, listening to a podcast recently that you know you can tackle each mission in a very different way i got a kind of dishonored vibe from that but it's guerrilla games not doing a kill zone game that mm-hmm. excited me the most you know kill zone mercenaries was the last game they did or well, that was you know guerrilla games cambridge this is kind of them saying we can do something else and they've kind of gone complete 360 on what they've done before did you see the video for that yes, game? that's refresh my memory. That's one where the woman's running through the. It looks like a desert type deal, and then it's like a robotic monster. The, it, it's kind of a, yeah, it's like a forested area, and it's yeah. uh, the, the, like robot dinosaurs yes. as they've been called. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game just <clears throat> yeah, that looked pretty wild. Like I watched that, I was just like, wow, that's kind of different. You know, it was definitely um, yeah. I a lot of people called it their game of the year or the game of the the game of E three. I think you might have even. Labeled it that. Alluded well. to it. Maybe Alluded I have. Maybe I've changed I my mind. I don't know. I maybe I have. Um, I just didn't I've see it. my show here, Bobby. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I don't feel as strongly as some. But I get why the hype. I get why they like it. Um, I just got to see more of it. Is what I want. Yeah. I just want to see more. Okay, I'm rejigging my 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 show notes as we go. Call of Duty is for the first time ever premiered at a Sony press conference. The the cord has been cut. Mm. Clearly, the relationship with Microsoft is not going to continue. Yeah. What do you think, Call of Duty? Your bag. Um, you, you're right now. You seem to be Splatoon everything. Yeah, that's a good game. I no, for me, I feel like if this was now if this announcement was made three four years ago, it's a bigger deal than it is now. Um, I think that people are starting 
to grow tired of Call of Duty. Now, granted, you have a it still has a very core, solid, strong following. There's no doubt about that. But I just feel like as time goes on, we'll see what happens. I think that um I think I think it's a good move on Sony's part. I think it's a big snag for them. It depends on what Call of Duty does. It depends on how much you know how good the games are and all that stuff. Like this yeah. kind of, I I don't I'm not a fan of the annualized games. So for me, like I feel like you know, and I kind of take on the mentality of do something once every two three years. You know, something big like Batman. I agree with that. You know, like Batman comes out like every couple of years, you get excited for it. You know, Grand Theft Auto comes out like what once every five six years, and it's like wow, like that's what I get excited for. Not event these, gaming. Yes, not these games that it's like a Madden. It's like Madden football, but with military. You know, you yeah. make a few tweaks this year that is a little bit different than last year, and it's just not my cup of tea. Like I like games that are events. You know, Fallout Four. That's an event. It's when the last time it came out five years ago, six years ago. Like that's huge. You know, so yeah. It's a point yeah. I made on Twitter again. I, I was just kind of in a moment. I just tweeted out. It was it was watching the Ubisoft conference, and you look at Jurassic World. The last Jurassic Park aye, film was Jurassic Park 3, mm-hmm. and that was years ago. And you now look at a film that kind of folk were a bit iffy on, has broken all sales. I mean, it, it, it's trumped the Avengers, it yes. trumped Avengers 2. And I look at games like Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and I think, if you developers took two, three years, make something big, yes. and then have an event. Yes. Turn these games into events instead of TV shows where it's like, I expect the next Flash series next year. I expect the next Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Make it something like, oh man, we're getting a miniseries. Like Farscape, the miniseries. Mm. I remember when Farscape disappeared. If no one watched Farscape, get on Netflix, buy the DVDs. Amazing. They did the miniseries. Blew my mind because I'd been without Farscape for so long. Mm -hmm. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Absolutely. Assassin's Creed Unity, they should have looked at that and gone, Okay, Syndicate. It's meant to be twice. Uh, is it this year or next year? I think it's this year. I it think, is this year. They, they should have looked at it and go, tell you what, push it to 2016. Mm-hmm. You guys take the time to really polish this game. And let's see what happens. People aren't going to forget. If you can make a game that's amazing, people will buy your game. We will see. I don't know. I, I, I have, I'm just a, a Scottish man that's had too many beers. <laughs> but yeah, Horizon, I think that's what we're talking about. That was definitely my game. <laughs> Until recently of, of E3, but I may change that now. We'll touch on Firewatch, a game that I love the look of. It's kind of got a Team Fortress art style, but a kind of really weird vibe, dark adventure kind of vibe to it, which I like. And I'm glad it's coming to the PS4 and not just the PC, because there seems to be a lot of them coming just to PC, mm-hmm. but that's me. Oh no, it's Call of Duty we're talking about. So yeah, there you go, Firewatch. I think I'm just going to end Sony on, on what the, the big, the high points for Sony, Uncharted 4. Um, I like the playable demo. I know that it's a big thing to do a playable demo. Um, I guess to show people, like, hey, it's working, it's doing stuff. I'm at the point, like, okay, don't show me nothing anymore. Like, we've seen what we've seen. We know it's going to be awesome. Let's just move on. Like, just tell me when the game's coming, and let's let's make it happen now. I, really I do- share your sentiment yeah. for of that sentiment with No Man's Sky. Uh, yeah. What you're doing looks amazing, but yeah. you're showing me the same demo yes. every time. Just yes. go dark until it's ready to come out. Yeah. But what I loved about Uncharted 4 is I was sat watching the video on my iPad. I'd finished work. This was about half seven in the morning. And I'm sat watching it. My jaw agape. I loved it. Um, I, I didn't see the kind of glitchy bit that happened. Mm-hmm. All I saw was the kind of smooth 
and everything about that just made me again it's that kind of Indiana Jones yeah, smile that yeah. oh my it's, god this is going to be listen it looks phenomenal my thing is is that I don't want to see any more just I know you're doing listen you guys you won me over with Last of Us Truckman Staley like I know they're going to do amazing work you don't need to show me anymore just get me there like yeah. they could have come out and just showed a little trailer a couple of snips and been done I would have been more interested honestly to see the Uncharted Collection and, and that was an odd absence. Yeah. I was really expecting that to be a push, yeah. especially with Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider yes. being Microsoft's push this yeah. year. For that game to kind of suddenly leak, yeah. but there's not a real trailer. I mean, the trailer we get is that kind of live-action shot, a yeah. set shot, if you want. Yeah. And yet, what we saw of Uncharted 4 was amazing. Yeah. And I thought the o- the obvious lead-in would be a quick trailer of Uncharted yeah. collection. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I felt like... I, I'm done seeing Uncharted at this point. Like, just give me the game. Uncharted 4. Like, just give me the game. Yeah. I feel like that time should have been spent, like, showing... If you wanted to show Uncharted 4, that's fine, but I thought that they should have showed the collection as well to see what... Were, just explain what you're doing with it. Is it just Definitely from a technical point. Yeah, are you just taking the three games, slapping them in a, on a disc, and sending them out? Or are you up them all? Are you redoing them? Like, what exactly are you doing? Like, I was more interested in finding out about that than Uncharted 4. Because what I've seen of Uncharted 4 so far, I'm sold. Like, I'm in. You don't need to sell me anymore. So Yeah, they've kind of written they've written themselves a, yeah. a, a free pass, in yes. my opinion. You yes. know, they could announce The Last of Us 2. Yes. And I don't need to see a single trailer. Nope. You just you don't show, have to me, show me anything. Just get me a box on the shelf, you're gonna have my money. So that's the high points of the Sony conference. But I'm gonna kinda of say the miss I've I've put this as missing slash letdown points. And for me, the big letdown of the Sony conference, apart from the Uncharted collection not being shown, was the Morpheus presence in the conference. Or, might I add, the lack of Morpheus presence yeah. in the conference. I mean, I missed it, but I've been, I've tried getting a version, but it keeps stuttering. I expected at least a half hour. I expected to see No Man's Sky adrift. Mm-hmm. A few new titles. Just for them saying, this is what we've got, mm-hmm. this is what you'll get, and it'll be coming out in 2016. But instead, we got one game for two minutes, and that was it. What I'll say is this. I will defend Sony in this. And the only reason I'm defending them is because, retrospect, after the fact, Greg Miller and Colin Moriarty, they interviewed Shu. And mm-hmm. he said, he goes, listen, in the past, we've done the 20, 30-minute tech demos, and you guys yell at us that you wanted to see more games. We were bored by this. So we didn't want to waste the time showing it. And the other problem is, is how do you explain yeah. it? He said, my thing was, was there's no way to portray it to the people at home or the people in the crowd. There's no possible way. So their feeling was, was, hey, we have 20 games on the floor that you can demo with Morpheus. Go try them. And that's what he was telling the people in the crowd because he felt like their reporters, they are our best bet to get it out there of how good Morpheus is. Us standing on stage saying it's great isn't going to isn't going to sell one. So on that perspective, I kind of give them a pass. Now at the time, okay. I was like, no way, that's BS. But now looking back and understanding what they were, the reasoning behind it, it's kind of like, you know, it's the same thing as like trying to sell a Nintendo gamepad. No. Oh. Yeah. How do you tell true. somebody? Like, how that. do you explain it to somebody? You have to show it to them. You know, it's no different than let's go back to the Wii. You know, if if I said to you, like, if I'm explaining to you what the Wii does, but I can't show you what it does, you have no idea. 
It's the minute you grab that controller and you bowl for the first time or you play baseball or play tennis that you get it. Yeah. And that's what that's what VR is. VR, you have to do it. And once you do it, you get it and you got it. And that's their that's their battle right now is trying to get people to put them hoods on, you know, put them masks on and go. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly on the... I'm not on the fence. If I had a choice, and I will... If it comes out at a reasonable price, I will get Morpheus. What I would like... From, from what I wanted from the show, if they weren't going to do the 30 minutes... It's just do the shoe walks out, and and kind of does these are the games coming to Morpheus, yeah, and you know it's coming twenty sixteen and and show the final production unit. I don't, think, I just I don't think they're ready for it. I'll be honest with you, I don't think they're near near ready for it. I have a feeling, like yeah, I mean you you're probably aware, you will be aware that I wrote an article about it and how kind of I thought that Oculus had thrown away the lead they had and mm-hmm. they kind of seem to have grabbed that back and are now saying well we're ready to go almost kind of first half of yeah. twenty sixteen. And I think Sony were like me, were expecting from them a kind of a mid late twenty sixteen rollout. I think their biggest uphill battle with Morpheus is definitely gonna be price. Um I mean I've got here in brackets I described it as move two point just given the performance. It yeah. kinda gave me a feeling that move burned them. They don't yeah. see it as a big market for it. We'll see. But yeah, um for me I would have given the Sony conference I'd say I'd give it an A. But it'd be a week. I'm going to give an A minus actually for Sony. Looking at what, as you said, you've been you've been very critical of both. I take on board what you say. I'm going to give Sony an A minus versus the A I was going to give them. Where do you stand them on the the scale? Um, I would go. If I gave Microsoft a B plus, I would give them a B. Like I okay. felt, like, I felt like they were a little bit less than Microsoft. Yeah. In my mind. I think I think they plucked at my heartstrings with um, Shenmue three. <laughs> and the last Guardian. I, 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 you could have just announced Shenmue 3 and you would have had my money. I remember the Dreamcast version so fondly. But, you know, again, listeners, get in touch with us. I want people to, to argue with me and tell me that I'm wrong <laughs> or tell me that I'm right. I love positive reinforcement as well. And Bobby does too. I, know I don't I'm, get I'm, it enough. Listen, from... I know that I'm wrong all the time. I'm not, I don't need people to tell me I'm wrong. I already know before I... <laughs> before Oh, well I then, don't, don't check your email because I may have sent you a few. <laughs> Particularly about unboxing Amiibos. The death threats were just in fun. Oh, you really want to start that now? No, but we will get into Amiibo <laughs> in a second. But yeah, um, so obviously Nintendo, they are historically the the last, they kind of, I would say they officially, in my opinion, open E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't count Square Enix and all that. Nah, they, that for was... me, it's Nintendo's conference is the kickoff of yeah. E3. Obviously, they don't do conferences anymore. They do their digital events. Mm-hmm. Um, this event obviously pre- was preceded by uh, Smash Brothers video mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it already folks bobby does a really good breakdown of of his opinion on the nintendo side of things and i'm not going to labor it because i think you make the point really well in that video about why the smash event wasn't necessary so i beg you go to bobby's youtube page and watch that video before you listen to this section and then come back and listen to this um because i think it will clarify points that will probably get made here now I'm notoriously a little bit anti-digital events. I think they kind of sap a little bit of energy out. Last year they proved me wrong, um, but again, I think that was bolstered by Smash, which was incorporated into the main event, which wasn't this year. Mm -hmm. But this year, it started with Muppets. They won my heart. I want those Amiibo. What do they unlock? (laughs) I need them in my life. They won't unlock anything. Can you imagine? Yeah. In fact... If they can make that, can I redo my um, Smash character selection? I want I want uh, my uh, Miyamoto Fox in, <laughs> in Smash Brothers. Yeah. They started off with a lot of charm, and I really, I mean, despite what the first game they showed, they started with charm. 
Bobby, you are a bigger Nintendo fan than me. Mm-hmm. I I love Nintendo. I mean, I, to see you're bigger than me, that's probably a uh, bigger fan than me. It's probably a little bit hyperbolic, but you are a huge Nintendo <laughs> yeah, fan. I am a huge Nintendo fan. Without they... going into the games that they showed, what kind of where do you fall on this this digital event? They dropped the ball big time. This was bad. This was their worst digital event ever. Um, and I'm a huge fan of the digital event. The reason being is, and I said this, um, and I don't know whether I edited this part out of my video or I showed it, but Square, if you watch the Square Enix press conference, that's how Nintendo used to be. You'd bring out, um, you'd bring out Japanese developers and all that stuff. You would need translators. You would wait, like they're talking, then they would wait, and then the translator would go, and then they would go and back and forth back and it was just strange and it was a lot of issue but then like Reggie would come out and it was like oh this is great Reggie's and then they bring Miyamoto out and Miyamoto would come with a translator and it was like and I love Miyamoto but now it's like they do these digital events they're tighter they're more compact and they can actually they do the dub of the translation right over it and it's just to me I love it I love the it's just a better presentation um, it's smoother. You know, I, I remember the final year that they did a actual press conference with Skyward Sword. And, oh, on, on Nintendo Land. Yes, but Miyamoto was trying to use the Wiimote, and it wasn't working. Yeah, yeah, and I remember. It might have been, not have been the last year, but the year before or whatever, and he's trying to bowl a bomb, and it's not going, because the people's cell phones are interfering with the Wiimote, and you could see the frustration on his face, and he's fight, then he goes and he's fighting a boss, and or just a little villain or whatever, and he can't beat him, and it's like, because the guy's hitting him because his sword isn't operating properly. That, to me, was like, that's when Nintendo was like, we gotta do something different, because this just isn't working. So, I like the digital events. I think the problem with people not liking them is because they can't differentiate the difference between a digital event and a Nintendo Direct, which if yeah. you don't understand the difference, then you're just blind. I mean, there's a huge production value difference um, between the two because they actually get in there and they start talking to the developers and asking them how they come up with concepts and stuff. So for me, I'm a fan of the digital events. I just feel like they really totally dropped the ball this year with it, and it was it was bland. It was bad. Yeah, from a production value side, I agree. They they've nailed it. I mean, I can remember the first Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Versus even the first Nintendo Digital event, yeah. and you can you see now where they're at, and yeah. they have definitely come on leaps and bounds. Again, I love the Muppet puppet things. I thought they were amazing. I think the problem with this year was content. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the, con- or if they did have the content, they they just decided not to show it, which I think was a mistake. I mean, we'll get straight into it. The first game that they opened their, con- I mean, everyone ex- predicted this when they announced it was happening, that they opened the show with Star Fox. Mm-hmm. Which is great, but they dropped the ball because I would have been way more excited, and I predicted that this developer was going to be working on that game if they'd opened with the platinum logo, yes. then into Star Fox. Yes, because because what what they should have done is they should have never done them puppets turning into, or they could have done that. That's fine, but what they should have done is like you said, started off the platinum logo pop up, and then bang, hit them with. You could have done platinum, Nintendo. Star Fox, and people would have loved that, because I didn't know until after the digital event was over that Platinum was actually working on that. Exactly. That was a big problem. I mean, the thing that got me about the trailer when I watch it, and it, knowing it's a Platinum game, 
is watching Platinum when they announced that they're doing Bayonetta 2 for the Wii U and it's exclusive and they're doing Bayonetta for the Wii U. Those trailers have got a very Platinum feel. Yes. You know, if you ever played Wonderful 101 mm-hmm. or um, Mad World or any of their games, even yeah. uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, very, very set out in a way that you can go, this is a Platinum game. Yes. I mean, I discuss how I imagine it would be, and it, it, for me it would be the Platinum logo with the little star, the Platinum disappears, mm-hmm. you've then got the, lo- the little star just becomes a star, and then it cuts into this kind of cool opening shot, and then boom, you're into the action. Yep. But what we got was... Miyamoto drawing, you know, explaining that it's all about arches and and, and all this. And okay, that's cool design philosophy that kind of took him to where he was, but that was the original. That was, you know, when I was. It's not now. It's not this game now. Exactly. And my thing is, is I love Miyamoto. To my core, I love this guy. But you had him coming in at a later point as well. You didn't need him in the beginning, you didn't need him to start it off. They should have made it focus more on Platinum, more on the game, kicked that developer story out of there, and just went into like all the action scenes of that game. Sold. Done. Move on. Yeah. You don't need to show the story base and all that stuff. Like I think they really dropped the ball on it. I mean, and, I, and again, I, I don't want to hang up on Star Fox. I mean, I'm going to buy the game. It's the, it's the first original Star Fox since Command. Oh, I'm getting it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there were things that stood out for me. Visually, at least at this stage, the game doesn't look like what I expected from a Star Fox game. Especially on the Wii U. I have heard Kevin Cassidy, who is obviously the kind of, if you want, the, the head of the Go Nintendo podcast, he has said he's heard that they're aiming for 60 frames a second and Platinum are currently finessing the graphics. So well, hopefully that means Platinum more. Platinum is saying 60 frames on the gamepad and on the TV. At the same time? At the same time. Oh, that's mad. So that would be insane. Because in the Treehouse Live, they were they came on, Platinum came on, and they were showing... They had Miyamoto, the director from... Uh, wow. From Platinum. Yeah. And from EAD. Those three were out there, and they were talking, and they said, we're going for 60 frames on the gamepad and as well as the screen. Oh, okay. I thought it was just on TV. So that... Yeah. But looking at it... <sighs> It's just not what you expect. You, I was expecting a little bit more. Um, they are obviously taking ideas from the Star Fox Two demo that they developed. Well, they actually developed the full game and never released yeah. it. You know, the Walker. <laughs> but what caught me off guard, and it may have just been that it wasn't on sixty frames a second video, but I watched some Treehouse Live stuff and I watched some uh, off-screen stuff. The game looks really slow. I, I, I expected a more, fr- especially from plat- Platinum, a more frantic kind of feel to it. I think the thing is this. Last year when they announced Star... Well, they didn't even announce Star Fox during the pre- the digital event. They It was afterwards they talked about it. The game was done. They were looking to bring a developer in to skin it. Like, basically yeah. do the graphics and all that stuff. So... I'm wondering if Platinum is involved in that end of it, or if they just skinned it and now they're tweaking to it, doing the tweaks to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did feel a little slow. It did feel not as polished. Yeah. But you got to also think they got another six months before that game actually launches, right? Give or take. Uh, yeah, I would say. Well, they're holiday this year, so I think that kind of up December. to November. I think they're, December. Well, December. I think. I think 
you're probably going to see that game, and I think I touched on that in my in my video, where I said that I felt like it was going to get delayed a little bit. It was going to go December, like the middle of December, is when they're going to have to actually yeah. launch it. Um, because they do it. They have, to, they, they have to add some polish to that. It's lacking a lot on there, in my mind, anyway. I think... Another thing that kind of it, it, it drew my mind back. There was a video. If you've not seen it, it's a good video on YouTube. Some guys taking Corneria level from the SNES N64, the 3DS remake, and obviously this version. He's kind of said, "Well, this is the difference." Mm-hmm. Nintendo did this with their new Super Mario Brothers and the Wii U. It's like here's World One One, and this is what it looks like, and everyone's like, "Well, this looks boring." But it's not till you get further in the game that. The, the the game actually be, you you kind of see the charm you see the the kind of intricacies and the more difficult mm-hmm. levels and Nintendo really need to move off from that it's like don't show us what's boring show us what's interesting give us a taste don't show us what we've already seen three or four games before give me a reason why I should be excited and I think again when you come to this 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 drop in the ball they've done that a lot in this digital mm-hmm. event and I felt Star Fox while at the same time was like the kickoff everyone wanted it was underwhelming to a degree on what they showed especially like i say if you they did it with uh, metroid other m they started with team ninja then they moved into the game and everyone's like holy shit it's a metroid game by team ninja if they start it's a platinum game i guarantee twitter would have exploded with holy shit it's a star fox game by platinum you're right or retro or whoever absolutely right yeah a a sad state of affairs that they can't even get that reveal of star fox right but there you go (laughs) Um, oh god. Okay, Bobby, we have to control ourselves. We're away to talk about Amiibo. And I think you know what I'm going to talk about Amiibo. Skylanders Amiibo. I don't want it. No. You don't want it? You don't want it. it. I, I said this already. No? This will be the first Amiibo that I actually pass on. That I don't want them. Because I don't feel like they're Amiibo. I, I, I feel like they're Skylanders. And I understand there's a switch on the bottom that you can use it for both. I could care less. Because yeah. here's my fear. They're going to do a huge line of those because they're going to sell, because Skylander sell, Amiibo sell. They're going to have a huge line of them, and then guess what? They're going to have a Mario one. They're going to have a Luigi. They're going to, and I don't want to even get in that. But what I'm curious about is this: I am excited for it for one reason, because I want to see if the Amiibo problem is a Nintendo problem or if it's actually a sales problem. Where you touched on exactly what I was going to ask, and it is that it's like this is who's who's producing these? Is it Nintendo or is yeah. it Activision? Because if it's Activision, you know there's going to be stock. Well, let's that. see. That's and what I'm it, curious about. It because because now we get to see is it legitimately Nintendo shorting or I'm just I'm really really curious. I really am. Like this to me now sets the tone to what the issue is. So I'm paying attention to it for that aspect of it because I think it tells us a bigger story than anything. Yeah. If Listen, if these things come out and you can't find them, then it's a big, it's not a Nintendo issue. It's We got an issue just with people just buying too much. Yeah. I certainly think that if there is not a supply issue and I don't expect there to be one, that's going to cause Nintendo headaches, oh, yeah. particularly when you look at the nightmare that was... I mean, uh, you you obviously just got imported Wave mm-hmm. 5. Um, I'm still waiting on mine, but the, the processing's gone. They've taken payment, so that should hopefully arrive today or tomorrow. Yeah. Sorry, tomorrow or um, Monday. They have 
dropped the amiibo ball so often that I don't know. It's not so bad here in the UK, but you as a US consumer, I do not know how you have not literally just thrown your hands up and gone, screw you guys, I'm going home. Because I could not cope with that. This is the truth. When Gold Mario was announced and the pre-orders went up, as quick as they were going up, they were selling out. That was the time I almost quit. You can actually go back. There's a video that I did with Tony the day that everything went down and we didn't get them. And you could see frustration in us. We were pissed. And it was a totally different tone than our normal videos. The next day, I sat down and I go, what am I doing? Am I really getting this worked up over a stupid toy? And I changed my mindset and was just like, look, I'm going to do what I can do to get them. I'll get them eventually. I'm not worried about it. And I'm just going to have fun with it. And what I've done ultimately is is I've created a community where we all help each other to get them. You know, you are part of that community. Toby's part of that community. The Gold Mario did not come out in the United States. You guys both got them. You know, I, I you know, there's different... Th- it's the same with the Silver Mario. Yes. It's like we're, we're nothing I, and, and, from and that. And I have and, yours. I'm going to send it out to you. But cool. at the end of the day... I thought you were holding it well, ransom for something. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm actually not going to ship them to you until you open them up, and then I'll ship them out to you. <laughs> I'm not. Bobby, I ain't going to open <laughs> them. Um, but I, I changed my mindset, and it's just, you know what? If I can't have a good time with it, then I don't want to be involved. And I'm having a good time with it now, where me and my friends, we go out, we amoeba hunt. And I sit in those lines, and people are like, you're crazy. Dude, the friends that I've made sitting in those lines is insane. I've got people that are texting me all hours of the day and stuff like, hey, you know, what's going on and this and that. And now we play Splatoon together. And it's just, it's changed my outlook. And I think that if you're not having fun with it, then you need to quit. If you're so aggravated with these things that you can't see straight, then walk away because it's not for you. I, That's my opinion. I totally agree. Um, for me, a point got made the other day. It was... um. I was on Twitter and someone tweeted that, oh my god, game, I've got these the, the next wave pre-order for Mewtwo and, and Roy up. And I had, I was just like, I was at my ebb with it. And I, you know I've kind of hit a wall almost. And that came up and part of me reverted to the, I have to get on my phone. I was on my phone. I'm like, all oh, right, no, this has been up for ages. And I tweeted the guy, no, no, these have been online for, for like months now. There's nothing there. But there's still something about getting them. And I think that's the thing. It's like, locking down your period. I mean, the thing that killed me was the day I tried to get your Greninja and then game cancelled it like two, three days later and I was like, I actually felt genuine remorse. I was like, I, I am so, so sorry. Your Ganon's still locked down, you know. Here's the thing, um, listen. The last wave, there's a change in the air. There was a lot of Greninjas. There was a lot of Jigglypuffs. There was a lot of Pac-Man and Charger. The only ones that were rare were the Fire Emblem ones. Everything else, there was huge amounts of them. So I think there's starting to become a change in the air, and I'm not really concerned with it at this point moving forward. I think people are going to start to see some yeah. good things happening. Um, because if not, let's be honest, once the Smash series is done, people are out. I, I won't lie. Um, apart from Silver Mario, maybe the Splatoon triple pack, that's that's on my cards, and the Yoshi yarn. 
there haven't. I mean, I kind of expected something. We'll kind of move off Amiibo after this, but I kind of expected them in this direct or sorry digital event to say, "And here's the Star Fox yeah. range." I yeah, you know, I kind of half expected, I expected that. I expected a Star Fox one. I was shocked that they didn't. But you're gonna sit here and you're gonna actually tell me that you don't want that eight bit Mario. I can easily say that at the moment Are I don't. Insane? I don't like the look you're of crazy. it. Crazy. I've seen the close-up oh, shots. Oh, you're looks really nuts! Cheap. What? You're crazy. The the classic and the modern version. Ah, oh, dude, I'm sold. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. I am much more. I am much more excited about the um, the Rob the Robot, the two yeah, versions of them. Yeah. And I will go through hell yeah, to get both those. As for the Mario ones, I can take or leave them. To be honest, I, don't know. I probably will still try and get them. I will definitely try and get them. <laughs> Amy is gonna fucking kill me. If she hears this. Oh, it's so bad. We're moving off Amiibo. The Zelda game that nobody asked for. <laughs> you know what? I played it. Zelda Triforce I Heroes. It. I played it at... Yes, you did. I played it at um, Best Buy. They had the Mario Maker event, and that was a surprise. They came out, this guy came out, and he had three, D, three DSs attached to him, and was like going through the line, and he was playing it. I love the game. The game is really yeah. good. Like, really good. And it's basically um, Link Between Worlds. That's the model, the character models and all that stuff. Top-down Zelda. There is a single-player campaign, so you don't have to play two-player. You can play single-player. I uh, Well, you see, that that was something I, I had to rewatch the Nintendo Direct before recording this to check. And when they said, yeah, you can play a single-player, that did catch me and go, okay, I might play it. But I'm not still 100% locked down that it's a game I'm going to have to I, have day one. I don't know. Well, for me, yes, because I played it. And I'm like, I like this game. I think this game is really good. I like playing the multiplayer. I think you have to have voice chat in order to play multiplayer. There's no way you're playing that game multiplayer without voice chat. And it without doesn't it. have voice yeah. chat, so you got to get guys on Skype um, or play locally. It's just, it, it won't work. There's no way possible. I'm at this stage. I'm trying to figure out why Nintendo don't do voice chat, and part of me is wondering if if their network's capable That's, with what. I said that to Mark the other day from the Warp Whistle. I said, you know, they're running. You got to think these guys are what five years behind Sony and Microsoft. They didn't even. Give they're just take. doing HD now for the first time. They didn't even start internet till the Wii, and that was garbage. I mean, that really wasn't that yeah. good. The only game that was decent all the time was Animal Crossing. Mario Kart you had some issues with at times. Um, Smash, forget about it. You never got a match at Smash. Monster Hunter was bad. So they're really not that good. They're just starting to get their wings, you know, get their feet underneath of them, yeah. so to speak. So I feel... Part of me is predicting next, it, next console, NX, what yeah. they call it, will be two versions. You'll have your... What you have mm-hmm. now, and then you'll have a paid version where you get video and voice Possible. chat. Because I just see that as something they might yeah. do. But sorry, no, I just interrupt. I just want to do that forward. Um, I just think that they can't handle. They can't handle it. So. Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I love the aesthetic because I love I love the link between worlds. So I, visually, the game sold me. I was never a big fan of Four Swords, but again, that was just yeah. me. And I wasn't either. But a game that did. Ca- I'm telling you, this game was pretty good. Okay. Well, I mean, you were, you guys are lucky because there's not Best Buys. In, well, there there were, but they're not now. So we didn't get the chance. I, I think, again, like a lot of Nintendo things, it's that get the chance to play it and that'll yes. convince you. 
but it's getting the opportunity to play it. Which is why I think they would benefit like they did with the indies is kind of, here's your Triforce Heroes, by the way, download a demo that you can play five times. That's it. They would de- they could do that. The other Zelda game, which is one I'm more excited about because I had it for the Wii U, was um, Hyrule Warriors. Now, I love that game, but... I, again, it's it's kind of there are certain games I I think suit certain systems. And I think Hyrule Warriors is that kind of pick up, play a game, put yes. down, come back, play a game, yes. and I think that's going to be pretty yes. sweet. I but think we're going to find out at some point I, it's the new 3DS exclusive. I don't think it's going to work on a regular 3DS. Um, but yeah, and again, the problem with this game was that it suffered from a leak. It would have got a lot more. That was... would have got a lot more hype if they didn't get leaked. Yeah, I, I did tweet out a joke that they should have renamed this year's E3 Leak yeah, 3, because it, was... it was just, it was, it was so bad. bad. I'm, aware, I'm aware of time, so I'm cutting out a few things, because we're going to go to the low points after, but I want to touch on the big one, and this has seemed to be the thing that's been won over by E3 2015 is Mario Maker. You've played yes. that as well, if yes. I'm right, have you not? We only played um, pre-made levels, which is basically Mario. That's not, you know, the only cool thing for me was seeing, like, Link, using Link, you get the mushroom with the question mark on it, and Mario turns into Link. That was cool. Um, But otherwise, like, you got, I was like, okay, I get an idea what they're doing. I kind of wanted to get into the actual building, but obviously reasons they're not going to let you get in there and start building for an hour. But I'm sold. Like, I want this game bad. Like, this is going to be my have-to-have game. Like, I'm definitely getting it September. I think it would say September 11th it's coming out. I'm definitely getting it. No questions asked. Yeah. Certainly, the, the, it, it, it intrigues me. I was I kind of off the radar, but then I saw the videos, and I'm like, okay, yeah. you have yeah, my attention. Good. Take yeah. my money. I think, though, I, we can't talk about this digital event without acknowledging that there were a lot of low points. The two big ones for me, and I've noted them here. First of all, um, is the... Uh, <laughs> Metroid Prime Federation Force. Again, a game that could be great, but Nintendo have either fucked up the initial announcement, or there's not much more to that game. I mean, there was Blast Ball as well, but I don't know if that's the same game, or if it's a separate or a mode. totally different. Blast Ball they did during the Nintendo World Championships. It's kind of like soccer, but with blasting. Like, you're using the blaster to shoot the ball, and to shoot it into these goals... Um, so that's a little different. I feel like this, this is my take on it. I feel like people are pissed because they wanted Metroid and then Nintendo gives them this, which is basically four swords. Like it's basically Triforce Heroes. If you're getting mad because Nintendo took a game that they felt was going to be, you know, and I said this in my video, if they titled it, you know, Space Blaster 55 or whatever, you know, you watch it, and you're like, oh, that's a stupid game. But they go, hey, here's Metroid Prime, whatever, Federation Force. Their hopes were that people would give it a second look, a serious look, and go, oh, this is Metroid, let me check it out. It's not, you know, people are pissed, but it's like, okay, why, well, why'd they call it Metroid? Because it's Metroid aliens in the game. You know, like, you're mm-hmm. basically trying to trap these aliens that are breaching the... the the area, like you're in these meta suits and you're going around and you're trying to push these aliens into cages and stuff like that, or kill them and stuff, and it's like 
So I get the point of what Nintendo did and their reasoning behind it. It's basically Zelda Four Swords, you know, and, and yeah. that's what it is. I think people went in. I, I know myself. There was the e, the retro account that tweeted yes. before the yes. event, and I think that that, that people excited. Yeah, and I was one of those people. And when I saw Federation Force and its twenty second reveal, yeah, I moved on. I think that's really the only one. I mean, there's no 3D Mario. They said it wouldn't be there, but I think people thought people expected. And and I think that's, I think the problem is is that when Nintendo was like, there'll be no Zelda this year, people were like, no, you're still gonna bring it. And you know, their their Mario game was Mario Maker, and people don't comprehend that that that's it's it's. A 30th anniversary, they're giving you a taste of history with Mario Maker. And they're letting you make Mario levels. You know, like, there's nothing that's cooler than that. And I think ultimately that's basically where they they kind of fell trapped to people just expecting too much. And they just didn't deliver the hype. You know, they didn't deliver to the hype. Well, you know, I got different opinions on it. I just feel like they, yeah. between the leaks and the giving stuff away early, they screwed themselves. There's no reason that Smash direction to happen. There's no reason that Micro direction to happen. There's no reason that during the Nintendo World Championship should give away Earthbound. There's no reason that the leaks should have happened. So, like, if you take all that stuff and you put it into a direct, and then you show a sample or you show a trailer which you apparently had of Zelda, you win E3. They could have wrapped that- it up. That brings me to a point you mentioned this because Miyamoto obviously after the event said, well, we had this really good footage, but we haven't shown it. I have to wonder about the leadership when they look at what they have and they don't think, oh, well, I know we've said we're not going to mention Zelda, but why don't we show up? It's like I said in the last episode, I imagine that they were going to show a trailer of a camera flying through all the different locations of this new game and it was going to cut and we're just going to get the title. All they needed was that. That would have been enough to get fans a little bit hyped. That's what you close out your event with. let's be honest. As much as Miyamoto created Zelda, it's not a Miyamoto game anymore. It's an Anuma game. It's an Anuma game, yeah. I feel, and I could be wrong, but I feel like this is the Mario 30th anniversary. This is this direct. This thing was all about Miyamoto. And I feel like he didn't want the thunder stolen from Mario th- Mario Maker. That's the only thing that I can yeah, wrap my I th- head around. Yeah, A thing that kind of caught me off guard was when um, they spoke to Reggie and he was like, we, this, this wasn't about next year, this was kind of what was immediately yeah. this year. Which is disproven when you're showing games that are coming out in 2016. The, the thing, and it seems like a short-sighted decision on that. part. I feel part. like Reggie is more of... And I love Reggie. Please, don't take this the wrong way. But I feel like Reggie's almost like a yes man to Japan. Like he's a puppet, he's a puppet to Japan. Whatever Japan tells him to say, he's got to say it. He's got people he has to answer to. So they're like, hey, this is the corporate, this is the corporate message. This is where we're going. This is what you have to do. It's obvious that it wasn't the case. I mean, last year you showed Zelda and you were like, this isn't, this isn't coming out until the end of 2015. So if people knew you showed you showed Mario Maker, you showed Yoshi's Woolly World, you showed um, Zelda all last year. There were all games that were basically for 20, supposed to be 2015, later 2015. 
I don't understand why you couldn't have done the same thing that showed games that were later for 2016. I think ultimately what they did was they sent the message that this game really isn't a 2016 game. We don't know when this game's coming out. This game might be coming for NX. And that's as much as what Nintendo needs to work on is they need to work on their messaging and the fact of you need to take the thunder away from the trolls and the internet and say that are going to basically take your words and skew them and say, oh, well, they're basically saying now that this Zelda game is for NX. They've never said that. But because they didn't show it, that's the first thing that people think. I certainly feel the longer that that game is not acknowledged, the more it becomes an NX game. And I was thinking about it today. As much as I want the game on the Wii U, from a, a finance, uh, from a point of view of making money, is it worth all the development time to put that on a system that's... If you argue it's already in the waning phase of its life cycle, kind of last year, and hasn't really pushed beyond what they expected this year, do you really want to... It's like why I don't. I, I think there was no Mario... A new Galaxy game or a new 3D Mario. Why spend the resources? It's why I think Retro are working on NX. It's why I think we haven't seen... It's why I think this this Nintendo Direct or digital event was almost a... Here's what you're getting. We're not going to acknowledge NX, but pretty much everything that you expected to be here this year is on and NX, and you'll probably see it the next Listen, few years. I would be so fine if they took Zelda, they push it to NX. They're working on a Metroid, they put it on NX. They're making Galaxy 3, they put it on NX. Like, everything that we're expecting is moving to NX. I would have no problem with that. Uh, My biggest problem of this entire Direct, and it wasn't at first, it wasn't until later on, why did you not show indie games? That blew me away. You don't have a third-party system anymore. That's gone. Okay, you have Skylanders. I'm sorry, that's not third-party. Okay, you get Just Dance. I'm sorry, that's not third-party. It's a couple of games a year that you're getting that is not enough to drive business for you. Yes, you get a couple of Lego games, but you're not getting the big games. Batman left you. Assassin's Creed left you. Like, all these big games that people like, they all are gone. So for me... What holds me over between Splatoon to Mario Maker to Yoshi Woolly World to to Xenoblade is indie games. Why in the world they didn't do a sizzle reel? They have a promotion going on right now. Yeah, the the free game. I I love that. I I've downloaded, I downloaded them all. You get to yeah, play so demos of all the games. Yeah, they got. I think it was six games that are. If you download them now, you you have like I think you have like six days to get them. You download them. If yeah. you download them and you play them, when the games come out, you get 15% off. Why in the world would you not plug that during your digital event? Blows my mind. Yeah. You got guys that you bring on afterwards for the Treehouse Live, guys from Image and Form and guys from Runbow and all this stuff. That, why weren't they show? Why weren't their games show during the thing? It just, I don't understand that. When that's the thing that holds people over from the game to game, because that is your new third party, why was that not done? That just blew me away. Yeah, it 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 comes back to a long-standing problem and issue I've had with Nintendo is it's all well and good marching to the beat of your own drum, but when it feels like you're ignoring your fan base, which a lot of people have acknowledged with Metroid Prime Federation Force, like you've heard your fans clamor for a new Metroid game. This is not the game that they wanted. They wanted a high-def Wii U experience. You've given them a chibi. 
Metroid Prime Hunters-esque game. No, it may be the greatest game in the world, but it's that kind of switch from here's the the. It's from going from that GameCube demo of Zelda to Wind Waker. You know, it was that. I feel like well, this isn't what we wanted. I don't understand the hate on the Metroid Prime Federation thing because I just feel like to me that first off, okay, look it. At the end of the day, they own all these characters. They can do whatever they want to do with them. We don't own them. We're not. We can want all we want, but it doesn't matter. It's no different than saying to Disney, like, we want Mickey Mouse to star in this new action movie. And if they don't do it, we can't get upset about it. It's their characters to do what they want to do with. Again, like I said, if they feel like slapping the Metroid Prime name on something is going to make it sell better, then by all means. I don't have a college degree. I didn't take business classes. I don't look at statistics every day that go, this is what the people want. You know, it's no different than Four Swords. Should that technically have been a Zelda game? No. But because you took Link and you took some assets from the Zelda world and you slapped it in there, it became a Zelda game. You know, it's no different than, you know, I just I just liken it to that. Like, I don't feel like it's any different than Zelda Four Swords or this Triforce Heroes. Um, it's no different than, you know, Mario Baseball or Mario Strikers or Mario and Sonic at the Olympics. You know, it's just basically yeah. them taking their assets and trying to give you something new. Because look, it, they tried new stuff with Codename Steam last year, and the game didn't sell that. And I love that game. I think that game is phenomenal. But the game apparently didn't move that well. Um, Bayonetta, great game, didn't move that well. You know, so when you look at those things and you go... This is, I don't have a problem with them slapping the Metroid name on it. The problem that everybody should be upset is, why was Fatal Frame showed at Treehouse Live and not showed during the Direct? Why did Devil's Third not even pick up any time at all, even during the Treehouse Live? Like, why? And that's a game they're funding directly. that's the stuff that blows my mind. These are games you should be happy about, yeah. But again, it's this weird mentality they have. It's it's like, you know, Fast Racing Neo. It's a great F-Zero game. But where's your F-Zero yeah. game? It, it feels... It sometimes just feels like Nintendo are so detached from what people yeah. want for the sake of but being people, detached. But let's be honest. The, the fans, they want astronomical crazy things. That's the truth. I mean, you, you're in that NBC group with, with me, and there's times guys are in there going like, where's the new... Where's the killer app that shows how you use this game and or how you use the gamepad? And we need something that proves the gamepad works. And they say, okay, we'll give you a Splatoon. Uh, we don't want to use motion control. What, what are you talking about? That's garbage. Okay, here's Star Fox. No, that's not going to work. It's like we give you what you're asking for, but then you tell us you don't want it after we give it to you. And that's the stuff yeah. that I don't understand. That's the stuff that I feel like people are all upset about. Metroid Prime Federation, you should be more upset that Fatal Frame wasn't showed, that more time wasn't given to that Animal Crossing game, because that Animal Crossing game, the one for the 3DS, the Happy Home Designer, that's Animal Crossing. When you watch that thing played, that's Animal Crossing, but rather than Mayor, you are now working for Tom Nook, and you're building the town from the ground up. You're putting in the villagers that you want to put in, you're building the stores you want to put in, you're putting, you're building the landscaping, you're, all that stuff. That's Animal Crossing that a lot of people have been clamoring for. How many times have people been like, 
when I had the Wii version, there was people I knew that had homebrew for it because mm-hmm. that way they can alter the terrain and move trees around and do all that stuff. That's what we always wanted to do. Now that you, you're given that opportunity, that's the stuff that they should have been showing. They just kept showing yeah. stuff inside the house, and people were like, oh, this is stupid. I don't want to just decorate houses all day. It's not the game. And that seems to be an issue with Nintendo. They can't, they can't get the messaging right. Pr- yeah, their messaging seems really yeah. bad. But, again, listeners, contact me. Contact Bobby. You know where we're at. We're wanting to hear your take as well. So, Bobby, you have to grade Nintendo on E3 2015. Wow, that's bad. Um, okay, so I said B... What did I say? B plus for Microsoft. B plus for B Microsoft. For I'm going to go yeah. D for Nintendo. I'm going to agree with you. I think there's no other score. I think D minus is a bit harsh. I think D just kind of sums up. It was it was kind of a... I would say it was yes. a filler conference. Yes. And next year needs to be... It was a, it was a, a D? Okay, let me do this. Let me give it two scores. It was a D for the for the 45 minutes. I would give it a B- minus for the entire week. Like, if you took everything that we learned over the course of that week, it was a great week. But if you grade it on the 45 minutes, ex- it was garbage. Yeah. It was but bad. If, but, yeah. but no, that's but, a good point. But if I you're think... going to tell me that, like, I got Earthbound, Mother, one, that's huge for me. Like, I love that game. I've been playing it all day today. Like, that's huge for me. You're going to tell me that I got Ryu and Smash? That's awesome. You know, like, tell me I'm getting yeah. Animal Crossing Amiibo? I'm happy with that. Like, there's a lot of stuff that if you looked at the week overall... I would I would give them a B minus for the week overall, but that's not what we're grading. We're grading the conferences, and, and on that I got even a D. No, I would I would certainly agree. I think the stuff that came out after clarified points that should have been clarified yes. in the event. Like I say, platinum yes. games. I don't know yes. why that slipped through the net, especially with the relationship they've clearly forged yeah. through 101 and, and Bayonetta. And what they two. should have done, um, honestly, what they should have done is they should have cut out a lot of the developer stories. Like the Yoshi Woolly World. Yeah. You showed a developer story last year. You didn't need to show another one this year. It's like they were showing developer stories on stuff that, like, okay, that's good. I get what you're trying to do. But, like, you could have put more time on um, Animal Crossing. Even the even the board game. That game looks awesome. That was the Amiibo yes. one, wasn't it? We you spent you spend yeah. more time. Like, when they showed it at a longer length of time, it was cool. You play a particular month. You have four corners that you need to get to. It's like Monopoly. Everybody loves Monopoly. Cool. So, I think people should... I, and it's another range of Amiibo that you have to buy. Well, but the game's supposed to be free. The is game, the game, is, oh, the game so it's is free, and then the Amiibo ah. you're buying because they're your pawns for the game. Well, that's taking free to play to a yeah. whole new new scape, exactly. which is yes. interesting. But So anyway, that's it. Bob... That's I mean that's a good as I say I I predicted we were going to set a record for recordings we've only done two episodes but now we've set I think, the bar I think, we are I think in we need to split this into two that's my opinion I think I do I'm gonna to have to find an edit yeah. point um but in case I can't be bothered because I'm away to Edinburgh on Monday Bobby if you'd like to let the folks know where where they can find uh, you, can you follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the Geek Gurus I am also on YouTube my YouTube channel is the Geek Guru. We have an amazing Facebook group that um, 
Alan's part of, Toby, um, all of Team Geek. Uh, just go to Facebook, search the group, uh, just for search the Geek Gurus, and we will add you. It's a private group, but we'll add you in, no problem. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. You can find me uh, at Full Fat Gaming. My own Twitter is at Alan underscore Paxton, but I do not use that anymore. Uh, Scott, who couldn't be with us, he's at Full Fat Beard. I have one shout. I've got a shout out to make. Um, after our first episode, we got uh, someone decided to listen to it. They were really good at feed- giving us feedback about what we should change, and that goes to Alexis Upshur. Um, she was kind enough to kind of give us feedback. Apparently, she's going to listen to us whenever she's at work. So, Alexis, as promised, that's your shout out. Um, but yeah, this has been episode two of the Full Fat Gaming Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. This may or may not be split into two episodes. I haven't decided. Bobby is right. It has hit an hour and 50, but, you know, folks have got long shifts. They might want to listen to this. Um, We will have an episode three. We're trying to firm down scheduling because I do work shift as does Scott. And Bobby and I do have a planned Amiibo-centric episode, and I may try and get one of our other uh, Team Geek members in on that as well in the form of Toby Thornton, who is... He he does amazing things. He does some really amazing customs that Bobby keeps pipping me to the post on with his disposable income. I won't Bobby, do it again, I promise. I'll let you today. Ah, uh, you so well. Listen, I don't plan on it, and then he shows this amazing piece, and I'm like, I gotta have it. The Captain Falcon was amazing, and the, the Link was just something else that I, I can't. But yeah, um, so if you want to check out the rest of Team Geek, uh, go to the Geek Guru page. We will like, uh, we will accept you. I am one of the admin, mm-hmm. as is Bobby. So yeah, I, Bobby, again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to, to do this. I know your, your, your Splatoon play has been delayed now by an hour that's, that's and 50 thank minutes. You, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I, I enjoyed you're, it. You're more than welcome. It was an honour to be asked, seriously. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to episode two of the Full Fat Gaming Podcast. Hopefully you'll join us for episode three. Uh, until we respawn on the other side, drink them if you got them. A regular arachnid back with the hat trick Rapping me the act with a little rapping fact